I would like to acknowledge that the Teach Reach podcast is operating on the unceded traditional territories of the Matsky, Kwantlen, Ketsi, and Semihamu First Nations. Growing up on ancestral territory of the Taino people, and now as an uninvited guest on Turtle Island, I recognize the immense impact that the land has had on me. The land has taught me respect, reciprocity, reverence, humility, and responsibility. Through indigenous knowledges, I learned that the land carries stories, histories, medicine, and gifts that enable us to reflect and connect with ourselves and our communities. As a stories-focused podcast, I understand the value of investigating place and space to grapple with real-world issues. I seek to support the ways that indigenous peoples are using to protect their land and communities. It is my intention to continue learning how to properly honor and care for the place where I live. Welcome to Teach Reach, a podcast to explore human connections through shared stories. Stories are what we store in the vault of our heart. Through them, we are exposed to a variety of voices to understand the narratives that shape our communities. We are all stories, those we know, those we live through, those we fabricate, and those we wish to deconstruct. However, we are not always at the center of those stories. We teach, you reach. Hey Tungi, tell me about Holly Middleton. Holly Middleton is a movement coach with a company called Flow Movement Therapy. So she specializes in helping athletes up-level their performance and by fine-tuning how they move. She kind of approaches as like bug fixing. So she looks at, she, she gets you to walk around the room um, when you go in for a consultation and she looks at, you know, the way that you distribute your weight on your feet uh, um, and then she kind of go from there. Um, she She's a PhD, she has a PhD in biology, um, which is very interesting and we didn't even get to touch on that in the interview, which is fascinating. Like she has a, a PhD in conservative conservation biology, um, and she she I met her through dancing. We danced salsa together. We we taught salsa together. We performed together, um, and and overall throughout that conversation, we we touch on you know what is her approach as a coach. How is like she's the guide more than more than a someone that prescribes something. She kind of like meet the person where they're at. Um, we talk about breathing technique and how our bodies function in a very efficient way um, to to get us to breathe properly. Um, she talks about body biomechanics. Um, it's it's interesting, and and throughout the whole conversation, we we I realize how good of a teacher she is. Like she kind of like fit really well with what we do here at Teach Reach, which is like deep questions. Right. And and throughout the conversation, she had deep question after deep question where I was like, and, and they are not questions that you can answer in just one go. Is that they sit with you throughout the conversation. So it was enlightening, it was fascinating, it was fun. Um, really liked it and and I'm looking forward for people to listen, share, and you know, share again and share again. So enjoy.
that 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 is that is some that is the reason that is one of the reason why you are here beside beyond your knowledge but you're more one of the strongest and 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 most disciplined person that i know so i wanted to bring that to an audience i wanted to bring that to people um so so that's that's my rationale for why you are here uh um and and for me it's pretty um it's pretty dope to be able to, you know, share that I know someone like that. <laughs> it's kind of like a little, a little bragging of like I know someone that does cool stuff and and that is very very strong and disciplined and 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 have their, you know, have their, how would I say that they have their, you have a vision, right? So that's that's the exploration. That's kind of okay. like where where we're heading. So so welcome. <laughs> um, how how are you doing today? I'm good today. Um, I'm glad that we got to have a, a chat because, as you know, we've worked together a lot in the past in a very specific type of uh, uh, connection, but not always sitting down and chatting like this. So this is a, a rare opportunity. That's true. Like m- the most time that we have spoken to each other, we were always standing. Um, there's music around salsa, yeah. <laughs> right? And then at the same time that we are chatting and connecting, we are keeping track of what people are doing and yeah. and that's a, that's an amazing quality like it's kind of like multitasking like do you think people can really multitask because you're you're a doctor i, I call you dr <laughs> dr champignon and i'll probably say that not to and people will be like what it's, it means dr mushroom um it's an inside I, joke <laughs> people people that i admire and appreciate i give them nicknames so, <laughs> so, so um, we'll talk about where the dr champignon or the dr mushroom comes um but um do you think people can multitask because that, that's what we've been able to do in a way connect to each with each other while doing something else um do, do you how do you think that we have that capacity well, I think once you have mastery at something, then you can start start that. So once you're you're a master teacher, you've taught for a lot longer than I have, you know the flow of things and how things go. So you know what you're looking out for. So it's not brand new to you. They didn't say, Tangy, watch these people and make sure that they behave themselves, right? It's not new to you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not new to me either. And so I think if you're doing something novel that takes a ton of your attention that you're not used to, then yeah, you can't multitask. But if something that you've done, it's a pattern you've seen many, 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 many times, then you kind of know what to look out for those outlier type of events that then you need to step in. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think it really depends on, and I think, and I think that um, we've become terrible at focusing these days anyway, everything, all our technology and, and our pace of life has caused us to be less, able to have that deep thought work that's required to solve big problems and to get to, you know, the depth of knowledge and mastery of things that yeah. I think our, our attention spans have been lost. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I, you know, I've changed the way that I communicate about my work to people. And I know that there's certain platforms where you have to get your message out in one minute. And that's not the attention span I want to attract in people that need to do deep work and focus and pay attention and be patient and spend the time, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's about being mindful of where those attention spans are and what you're attracting with, with those attention spans. That's beautiful, um, what you're attracting with your attention span. You, you were mentioning, like, you know, the type of work. I have to give a little context. So... Holly Middleton, um, I know Holly through salsa dancing, 
So, so we met um, um, in classes. Um, she was taking classes with um, Dance Vancouver, uh, a dance school that I work with. And um, we started to form a connection. We performed together. We um, um, went on like pretty much hardcore training, <laughs> I yeah. would say long hours of training. Yeah. And uh, um, so much so that we got to teach classes, beginner classes together, level um, Sasa 1 and 2 for, for a long period of time. And we developed a good, um, um, I would say, uh, a chemistry in terms of like teaching. We, we, we know what the other person was thinking over yeah. time. Uh, <laughs> um, it was a beautiful, beautiful experience to, to you know, to provide. And, and we are both very... I would go on a limb to say that we are both very technical and very precise in in what we what we're looking for. So so I, I always admired that in you and and then um, so that's how we that's the space that we shared. But Holly did so much more while she was salsa dancing and then evolved to the place where she has right now with flow movement therapy. So I would like to for you to kind of like you know give us a little bit of gist of how you went from you know salsa dancing. In the while doing your PhD, um, what did you do your PhD in, and then how did you get to flow movement therapy? Sure. So I started salsa dancing because um, I went through a big change in my life while I was doing my PhD, and I needed something fun to do, something that I, I knew I would enjoy dancing, and I knew I always liked watching ballroom dancing on TV. So I thought this might be fun. So yeah. I started salsa and I loved it right away. And I found that I could do salsa as sort of a bit of an escape or a, a, a reward for doing my work with my PhD. And I really needed that um, outlet, that sort of, I don't know if I like left brain, right brain, but, but <laughs> something creative, something physical when I was sitting at my desk all the time or doing my research. So mm -hmm. I started dancing salsa and I did about four years of it just trying to teach myself by watching people, which was not the best way to learn. Um, and then I started with, with Dance Vancouver um, towards the end of my PhD and really wanted to actually get the technique right. So that's why mm -hmm. I went to them because they're sort of the best, the best technicians, the best teachers. And I knew could take me to a high level if I wanted to, which they did. They helped me compete and perform and all those things um, and become a teacher with you as well. And mm -hmm. so um, that allowed me to develop that side of me continuing with my dance training and all of the mindset part that came with that. I think that was the bigger piece was all the mindset that came around being a performer, a teacher, competitor. And uh, at the same time, so then I, I finished my PhD, tried to go into a career in conservation biology, but that all fell apart. And so while I was trying to figure out what to do next, I was teaching with you and continuing to to have dancing as something that supported me to feel like um, I had something I was good at and I still felt good about myself as I was transitioning to something else mm -hmm. and sort of went through and tried to figure out other things I'd be good at and realized that during that uh, time with salsa I had injured myself and I had a whole bunch of frustrating things in my body and when I sorted out I sort of had I was stuck on the couch couldn't do anything <sighs> And as I sorted out what was going on in my body, I discovered this great modality that I do now, which is essentially a biomechanics model of the body. Mm -hmm. And it unraveled all the problems that were driving me crazy and helped me rehab from my injury. So I came back as a stronger body, a better, better coordinated um, um, 
better a better place than I was at when I was injured. So I was like, yeah. well, this is really great. And I thought naively when you know we start a business, I have no idea what we're doing, that this would help all of the other salsa dancers. Yeah. And so I went and I took this course. None of the salsa dancers wanted to do this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they yeah. They just wanted yeah. to dance and they didn't want to think about the technical aspects of their body or to improve how they moved. They just wanted to dance for fun. Uh -huh. So then I had to figure out where's my market, where's my people? And so mm -hmm. that's still a process of figuring that out. But uh, but the people that I work with, they really wanna know those fine details of why their body is feeling the way it is and why everything that they've tried so far hasn't helped them. Mm -hmm. And so my work is looking in fine details at the movements that are missing in your body. If you've had a history of injuries and you haven't really, you've sort of uh, hobbled around or protected a shoulder or whatever happened to you, you never went back to moving the way you were before the injury. And so those are little bugs in the system of your movements and your uh -huh. nervous system has deleted those from your memory banks. So we uh -huh. want to reset those factory settings and help you move the way you have forgotten how, because uh -huh. that can help relieve all those things that are going on in your body. Maybe it's up leveling your performance. Maybe it's stopping that muscle that you keep straining or whatever it is that's going on. And, and so I help you figure out those missing pieces, help you move those things again, get the whole body moving, and then um, hopefully hit those goals that you want to. And so that's sort of been my trajectory is I've always been around educators. I've always been around um, people that are interested in those details. And, um, and I've just followed those things that have interested me and it's led me to where I am today. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's, that's a, I love the map, the, the map that you laid out, right? And and also the fact that you kind of assess your own self and you realize what can I what can I take from this to to get my body better, but also how can I bring that to a better to a greater public? Um there's so many entry points. Um, you know, you, you did a PhD in conservation biology and you kind of mm -hmm. like you kind of like scheme through that. And I'm like, for me, it's like, oh, my God, that's a big deal. It's a PhD <laughs> pretty much. Right. So but we, we have that angle and you talked about mindset with with performing and teaching and also like training for for performance. And um, but what I wanted to more, you know, dive more into, because that's what you do right now. It's at flow movement therapy. You talked about like resetting factory settings that we have in our bodies um how does one get to you know reset that what is what is the process of of resetting those factory settings that that we have so if you get a phone from the factory it has all its defaults in it right so you get you decide what apps you want on it how you know what color the screen is like all of those things but you also download things and then delete them and then a whole bunch of of little errors and stuff creep in. So every time you um, you go in and, and do your, um, uh, you up, update your apps, right? They always say bug fixes, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, <laughs> it's always mm -hmm. bug fixes and little tweaks to improve your performance. That's exactly what I'm doing, is going in, fixing all those bugs in your nervous system's ability to move apart well and how it all connects to the rest of the system. So I'm essentially going in and doing an, an app update for your movements. And what that means is I look with my my eagle eyes, so like all the years I've spent watching people and animals move, I use that to be able to figure out what's going on, what parts are missing from your movements and how that connects to the other parts and, and cue you and teach you how to feel that and mm -hmm. how to move them better again. Mm -hmm. And so, so for, for, go ahead. 
No, no, go ahead, go ahead, finish, sorry. So, it's okay. So, for, for a lot of us, we just have no idea that a part is moving the way it is. Because if you were aware of that, you'd never get anything done. Because every body part would be like, ah, oh, 25 degrees of flexion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you just, I don't need to know this, just stop it, right? Yeah, it would be yeah. way too distracting if your body was constantly pinging you with updates. It's mm -hmm. like, turn off all notifications, right? Your body's turned off all those notifications because you don't need to know that. It's irrelevant to, you know, fixing your shelter and picking the berries and making sure the kids don't fall in a hole, right? Like yeah, important yeah. human stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I help you with figuring out, I use, I, it's not just that I've figured this out. I've learned this from people that are really smart that have gone through the process of figuring out how the body is meant to move. If you look at all of your joints, they're put together in a certain way. If you put gravity and momentum on top of those joints, they're, they're going to move in a certain way because there's certain surfaces in those joints. So certain joints only go forward and back. Some joints roll and twist and do all these things, but they only move in certain ways because of the surfaces of how they're put together. And if you scale that up to the whole body, it will tell you there's a certain way that things are meant to move together. And if something doesn't move, something else is having to do a bit more of that movement. And over time, it doesn't get happy. It's like at the factory conveyor belt. If somebody went to lunch and never got somebody else to go in there, somebody would be like, I'm packing all the boxes for this guy. This is unfair. And then they start yeah. falling off the conveyor belt and the manager gets mad. Well, that's essentially with your body. Your knee is like, well, we twisted the ankle 30 years ago and I'm doing all the work. And then at some point it's like, okay, manager, I don't like this. Mm -hmm. And so it's me coming in and saying, okay, I can see that your injury history says that you twisted that ankle many times maybe because <laughs> you've never resolved this and your knee has now learned how to knee in a new way. Mm -hmm. But it's not happy with that. Now your knee's bothering you or maybe your shoulder's bothering you. Mm -hmm. And so we want to figure out why your body has decided very cleverly that it's going to figure out how to get around this ankle problem by doing completely other things and other body parts. Mm -hmm. And so I know what is your body's meant to do and I can see what it isn't doing and then I can help it do those things and help you feel that so you're aware. You're like, oh, okay. I know what my knee's supposed to do. I can feel when it's not, and I know how to help it do that thing. So you don't have to keep relying on me and seeing me week after week. You can be mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, that little tweak that I feel means that my knee is going back to its old tricks. So then I have to teach it the new thing that, it, that Holly taught me how to do. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I know how to get out of this predicament on my own. Yeah, yeah. that's mm -hmm. that's an interesting. I, I now... I remember having one of the sessions, one session I had with you yeah. where, where you were like, you, you just asked me, okay, just walk. And I'm like, okay, but should it, usually, you know, the, the consultation process, we think in our head, maybe, um, um, you know, not justly, but we think in our head that we come to someone with a problem. We tell them, this is my problem. And the person like fix it. But I like the fact that you, you kind of like observe, you're like, okay, walk and then and then let me see let me observe that so so that that was a different approach that that was very um um 
interesting and and much much more enjoyable than than me trying to convey something that I feel with my body, but I'm like I don't know exactly if I'm expressing it right. Um, but you you knowing that certain body parts are only meant to meant for to go forward and back because they are designed that way. Um, it's an interesting interesting uh, um, concept. Now the someone might be listening and be like, well, but Every, everybody's, we hear that all the time, everybody's unique, and it is true, everybody's unique, uh, um, but we, we are all wired differently. So how do we, how do in your line of work, you navigate that uniqueness with the fact that certain body parts or certain place, certain things are meant to move in a certain, certain manner? So how do you, how you do you deal with that? So I meet people where they're at. So you come through mm. the door as you. You can't fake being someone else. You can't fake your walk. You can't pretend to do. Well, I mean, maybe we can try, but <laughs> you can't. You can't fake good posture. You can't fake those sorts of things. You just show up as you are. And so I want to see you as you are. Stand the way you naturally stand, not standing in front of me like someone's observing me. I should stand well. And I've had other people say, "Well, how do you want me to walk?" Do you want me to walk the way my chiropractor said or my Pilates instructor or, you know, how my mom told me to walk? I was like, I have all these inputs telling you how to walk? Mm -hmm. No, just go to the end of the hall and back. <laughs> I'm just so surprised at how many inputs people have in, in the way you should human. And I just want you to show up the way you are so that I can just see what you do when you're not even thinking about it. Because that's when it bothers you. You're not thinking about oh, wait, I think my knee's going to hurt. I better pay attention if my knee's going to hurt. No, your knee hurts and then you notice, right? It's not because you're intentionally doing anything. Mm -hmm. And so I want to, instead of um, everyone should move in this specific way that fits exactly with the model I've been taught. Instead, I think of it more as teamwork. So I'm your guide. I'm helping you find your way into a way that moves that feels better for you. So a lot of my work with somebody is, is that better or worse? Are we on the right track? Do you like that? Is this good? If not, then we're going to look somewhere else. Because I don't want you, I mean, you're going to feel weird. Like you felt really weird, right? You felt like the floor was slanted because we worked on your feet. But but we don't want you feeling like um, this really, this is really bothersome. I don't like this. I feel less stable on this foot. I want to find the approach and the space move you into the space that is an improvement. So when you leave, <laughs> you're feeling like things are on the right track. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it, it's, it's teamwork. It's, I'm just a guide. I'm mm -hmm. not there to fix you. I'm there to move you in out of the shadows and into the light to shine the light on things that are missing. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. let your body just decide. I mean, you're, you're, our bodies are so clever. We don't, we don't know what they're doing. They're so capable of getting stuff done. You know, they're so good at compensating and getting it done and being efficient and finding yeah. the most efficient way of doing stuff that we just let them find their way that maybe it's not perfectly with the model, but you're feeling the way you want to feel in your body. And I'm just helping you find that and then letting mm -hmm. you do it on your own. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It takes wow. all the ego out of it, right? It's not, I know everything. I know how to fix you. No, I, I have no idea what your body needs. I'm just going to shine the light on things it's missing because maybe it likes a little bit more of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a, that's a humble approach. Um, um, and that's a quality that I feel like many teachers need. Um, the, the, the flipping the script of 
I am a teacher, I know, from I am your guide and I'll go where where I need to, to, to go with you, removing all those inputs that you talked about here, right? Like the inputs of like, you know, hearing those voices in our mind telling us how we have to walk, how we have to, you know, stand and sit. And, and, and we realize that there's so much more than just someone walking there's someone walking with all those baggage and all this all those voices of like you know this is how you have to behave this is how you have to stand and and you ask people to come to their to to walk as if nobody's watching and that's how they are and and, and that's that's where you're meeting them at so it's very um it's very humble and and i and i and i can appreciate that that trait um now, and, and Tangi, yeah. you've seen you've seen this as a dance teacher. People walk into the studio, especially beginners. They walk into the dance studio. They walk, and then you teach them some dance steps, and they're all they don't know how to be in their bodies, right? So you're teaching them how to walk, and they don't know what to do with themselves, yeah, right? Yeah, it's a yeah. lot like that too. That it's like, okay, walk with your shoulders back, and then they're like super stiff, right? And, and so it's like as soon as you start giving them inputs, and then we say, just relax, just be a human, right? Dancing is just fancy walking, but you don't have to suddenly be weird in your skin because you don't know what to do. That's right. suddenly we give you a rhythm, and you don't know how to be. It's really, it's it's quite. I don't know if it, amusing is the right word because I don't I don't want to be poking fun at students, mm, right? Mm, it's, of course, it, people are learning how they're they're trying really hard. It's great they're trying really hard to do it right, right? Yeah, yeah but it's, it's really fascinating to watch a group of students walk in, no problem, walking like a human, and then they start dancing and they completely change their character. That, that's right, and and it's. I, I I think fascinating and and somewhat amusing too. I mean that's the fun of of teaching. It's not it, it's amusing and not f like let's say not funny, but it's amusing in terms of like you you seeing that and you're like oh, so in your mind when you picture people salsa dancing, that's how you picture them. So yeah, you're like I'm gonna totally. emulate that or exactly. I've seen, I've seen this in a movie. This is yeah. how people salsa dancing. I am going to do it and. It happens to me all the time when I tell people, you know, like, oh, I, I also teach salsa. And there is that there is that way that they move their body just to yeah. tell me that they, that yeah, they yeah, teach yeah, salsa. Yeah. And I'm like, why did you change your your posture to like shaking your shoulders at me to say me, oh, salsa. And you're like, oh, my God, this is milking it, milking a cow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just embarrassing. Right. But it's I mean, I feel like people find ways to connect with you when you tell them when you tell them what you do right um so now when you are working with someone it in in your i i like the fact that you were mentioning the input that people come with do you because in in the space of teachers and guides we it's never what we see in front of us there's always a like a dewiring that we have to do of like of yes there's a history of their injuries but do you find that you do deeper work than just working on their bodies like are there things that you tell them to kind of like as we do in salsa to relax to we 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 are how would i word this sorry um we kind of don't work only with what we have in front of us we work with something deeper do, do you have that and and how do you how do you manage that when you yeah for sure um before i work with someone i'm always wanting to know um 
if there's other underlying causes for what they're experiencing. So for a lot of us, it can be um, past traumas can influence our safety in moving certain body parts. So if you've experienced something in an injury or a, um, a traumatic event in your life, it may stop you from wanting to move a certain body part. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's beyond my scope of practice. So I will send mm-hmm. them off to somebody who is good at releasing traumas or being able to like a somatic body worker, get them mm-hmm. ready to be able to move their bodies. Um, for some people, it might be like uh, they need to see a counselor until they're ready to start moving. Or maybe they're seeing them in conjunction with me. Mm-hmm. And I've seen some some beautiful stuff with people that have released uh, past uh, childhood traumas uh, that when they came to see me, they weren't able to move a body part at all. And as we safely got them into moving it with working with their counselor, they've got full range of motion back in that body part. Mm-hmm. That's only because they've layered the somatic work with my movement practice to start incorporating that. I've also had that a lot of people will uh, want to try really hard, really trying to move that body part and doing it right. And I want them to do the opposite of that. Yeah. And one of my my mentors in the work that I do said, what can you let go of to allow this to move? Can you let gravity take charge to let the joint open? Hmm. Why is it that you're trying with a lot of effort to make it happen? What if you tried less? Hmm. So why, why are you trying? If you're trying really hard and it's not working, what if you tried less? And we find that often people are thinking, my work is all based on the skeleton, the joints, the articulations of the bones, because that's your, the, the structure that the muscles are attached to. But most of what we hear when you're in the gym or when you're training or doing yoga or anything is the muscles. Squeeze mm. this muscle, use this muscle, feel this muscle. But muscles are dumb. Muscles just respond to what a joint is doing. So muscles are attached to a bone at each end and and maybe along the bone as well. And when the bone moves, the muscle goes, that guy moved, contract. Because I don't want that thing falling away. So a a muscle's job is really just to hang out there until it gets stretched and it goes, pull that bone. Uh So if someone, and and you'll see this, you've seen this as a dance teacher too. If you say everyone in the room, stand up straight. Everyone's going to do that in their own unique way, right? So they're going to use different muscles or they're going to move the joints into what they think is their stand up straight, each one of them uniquely, which means that standing up straight doesn't teach them how to do it. That's the wrong cue. That's the wrong way of going about it. Same thing with squeeze your glutes. Mm-hmm. Well, how many glute muscles are there? How many planes of motion do they work in? Have you actually ever properly used your glutes? What if we lengthen the glutes first so that then they have no choice but to do their job? You mm-hmm. don't have to think about the glutes at all. So mm-hmm. it's a different way of looking at trying to get something done. It's either letting people relax so they, because there's so many people who are, I try really hard. I want to get this right. And they over try. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then there's the chill people who, so they get it done. Yeah. 
yeah. because they're relaxed. Mm -hmm. And you know this with dancing too. If you stiffen everything up because you want to get it right, you'll never. <laughs> it'll never happen. <laughs> it won't happen. You're blocking yourself. So yeah, yeah. sometimes it's helping people get out of their own way. Mm -hmm. Or it's the knees aren't supposed to do that. My, I, I was told by someone to never rotate my neck, mm. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. But why? Like, what's, what's the underlying reason for that? Maybe when you're lifting, you know this, you lift heavy things. Yep. Knees shouldn't do certain things when you're lifting really heavy things. But in the rest of your life, knees should do that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> please, yeah. please yeah, let yeah. them do that. Mm -hmm. So we're told something in one context and we extrapolate to all contexts. So sometimes it's that it's, it's, uh, you know, instead of me jumping in and saying, no, knees should do this. And they say, I will ask leading questions. Um, wh where did you learn that about your knees? Did someone tell you that? And when was that? So that we start helping them understand it instead of, I am the one who knows, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's helping them understand why it is that I'm thinking in a slightly different way. And then the, they, the trust builds because then they they experience that in their bodies they experience that oh you're right if i relax it did get easier well maybe i'll try that again in this context maybe if i try moving that by relaxing it oh i think we're onto something so they start to build that trust instead of well holly told me to do this and so i better <laughs> it's not the rule of law it's you understanding it in your body so that you can accept that for yourself that's right that's a great segue to to that to to what I wanted to talk about because you, you mentioned relaxing and and there's always a, a correlation I would say between maybe it's not the proper term correlation but there's a parallel between you know relaxing and breathing and you, you do a little bit of breathing work too and and how does breathing affect our posture or is it is it the other way around? That's a big question. <laughs> I've been studying a lot of breathing. I've actually been training with the Postural Restoration Institute, which is their um, how you breathe affects how you stand. Mm. Um, I've been studying with um, another uh, physiotherapist who helps your alignment of your diaphragm and pelvic floor uh, help your posture. And then working on breathing mechanics itself in how breathing affects mindset, um, gas exchange, just basic chemistry in your body. So breathing has a huge number of things. And for most of us, we don't pay any attention to it because, well, we you do it in your sleep, as the joke says, right? I must be doing it well. I'm still alive. I do it in my sleep. Uh, but your breathing can be impacted by so many things. Um, Traumatic events in your life can change how you breathe. Um, mm. the, the people that you were raised with, you learned how to human by observing them. You mm -hmm. probably breathe the way your caregivers breathe and how mm. they held you as a baby, um, how you were nursed. All mm -hmm. of those things can affect how you started breathing and the, the your tongue position, your swallowing, all of those things. That then affects your posture because of how you would have grown. All of the, a lot of inputs as a young person are affecting your breathing today. And it's all changeable. You can change all of those things. Uh -huh. But then what we find is that your, the airflow, so how the air gets into your lungs, how it gets out of your lungs can impact your posture. If you're twisted in certain ways, then the airflow is going to be affected a little bit. But your body will also prioritize your air flow 
to make sure that it's as efficient as it can because after two minutes it's game over right after Mm -hmm. two minutes of not breathing you're not here anymore and so it's a pretty high priority in your body to keep your breathing efficient and keep it flowing so you're if you're you've had um if you've hit your head or if you've fallen on your tailbone that might affect the the pathway of that air and so you want that those the 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 flow of air to be as straightforward as you can so your body will align itself to keep that airflow straight that will affect your posture and until you learn how to put yourself in a configuration that will align all of your body parts and then teach you to breathe on top of that your body will just stay in its configuration because it's like well air's getting in and out and we found the most efficient way to do that Mm -hmm. with the parameters we have based on you know what injuries you've had and until you have inputs from someone who can say well you're your, you know, your body's leaning to the right and rotated left. So we need to get you more onto the left side and rotate you right, you know, to untwist that and then teach you to breathe like that. So your body goes, oh, there's space in that part of my lungs. Mm. Oh, that's better. And so all of these teachings that I've been been um, given has been helping me use breathing to help realign posture. And it's not that I taught you to stand up straight. I gave mm-hmm. you no prompts whatsoever about your posture i'll never ever give you a prompt about how to stand mm-hmm. in any of my work it will be teaching you to move into spaces that are unfamiliar to you so that then your body goes well if i take a little bit more from that and a little bit more from that it's actually a little bit better mm-hmm. so we're just going to do it but we're not going to tell the user <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we're not going to yeah. tell the user except the user is like well that muscle is sore now huh, yeah interesting yeah. Well, yeah. get on with my day. So uh, all of these things are happening in the background in your body and you have no idea. And that's mm-hmm. most mm-hmm. people come to me and they're like, I had no idea. Well, it's a good thing you had no idea because if your if your phone pinged you every time it made any kind of update, you would put it away. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Be like, yeah. stop yeah. telling me. I don't want to know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's all these things that just shining the light on some things can really help you um, just improve how your your body is functioning just more efficiency mm-hmm. yeah our, our bodies based on what you're telling me and because you you work with a lot of bodies our our bodies are very very kind of like very smart in adapting and finding and one keyword that you that you've been mentioning is an efficient way so that means our bodies take what the, the the environment which is a big word but an env- environment give them and then they adjust of how can i make my job the most efficient with the with the set of of characteristics that i've been exposed to in my environment and i find that i find that just fascinating of like of of how our bodies adjust and how our bodies like you know adapt and 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 your place in that world as well of going like super deep into the skeleton uh, um, area, I would say, and then readjust and readapt and provide like another way, another pathway to the bodies, uh, um, and 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 how the breathing can 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 help, you know, how fixing our bodies or fixing is probably a big word, but readjusting our bodies, right, to present them to another environment or another configuration can affect the breathing, and then that that provides a better pathway for for what our bodies need to do. Um, that that's the part of deep work because it's not at the surface level of like fixing your posture. It's more going, let's go super, super into the structural uh, um, 
part and then readjust. So that's the that's the deep work level, and that's that's very very beautiful. Yeah. Um. So how how can one learn to breathe properly? So what are kind of like I don't know uh, um, a, a thirty second little tidbits that we could use in our daily lives to be like oh if i think about that or if i do that i will be able to breathe better what what would be a, a kind of like a little technique that that we could we could offer people to, to so the properly. first thing is just to notice so mm -hmm. notice when you uh hold your breath when you're breathing really deeply so there's a thing called email apnea where you open your email and you hold your breath because you're not sure what that person's going to say so just noticing the responses in your day through your breathing. So when are you breathing pretty deeply, pretty quickly? When do you hold your breath? When when are you, um, do you find that there's certain situations where your breathing changes? So first is just awareness. First is just noticing it. But ideally, we should breathe through your nose, unless right now you're talking, right? <laughs> But ideally, your breathing should be through your nose with your lips closed and your tongue on the roof of your mouth. And for many of us, we don't hang out like that in our daily lives. And uh, for me, I've had to slow down when I'm uh, my breathing. So for many of us, we uh, essentially overventilate. So we breathe too frequently. Mm. So our, we should breathe if you're at rest and you're sitting and you're not talking. You should breathe, I remember what it was, about six or seven times a minute at the most. Mm. And we shouldn't be breathing really deeply when we breathe just at rest. So it should be a really shallow, small breath. And so you'll notice, I notice the people around me, their breathing frequency. And so some people breathe twice as frequently as me and twice as large as me. Mm. And that's a stressed breath pattern. So when people are stressed out, they're breathing a lot. And that just instantly made me feel unwell. Mm -hmm. um, breathing through their mouth all the time is also a stressed. You've seen a stressed animal, right? Yeah, Panting yeah. and stressed. Yeah. That's not how you want to, to, your nervous system to experience itself throughout your day. Mm -hmm. So just starting to notice those patterns how how frequent is your breath how deep is your breath where are you breathing from is it mostly in your belly mostly in your chest is it in your neck and just start being aware of how you breathe and then start looking at some of these systems that are out there that can help you figure out how to change those breathing so whether it's Pateko method wim hof method all these different there's so many different methods out there for breathing yeah um, and just start noticing those things yeah yeah breathing is one of the it's it's very fascinating for me and it's one of my passion ever since I had my, my youngest son, Gael, because we had a doula and a midwife. Um, and se segue to that, people, everyone that wants to have a baby, if you really want to have a baby and you want to do a real process, midwife for life, okay? <laughs> I would say that um, uh, 100%. Of course, this, if you can afford it and, and all that and all that jazz, but I would say that that's a, that's a practice that should be offered to anyone that wants to have a baby or any family that want to build a baby, to build a baby, to build a family and have a baby. <laughs> don't, build a, don't go build a baby. <laughs> if, if they're offering you to build a baby, go to build a bear, don't go to build a baby, okay? 
Um, but what I was saying is that is that the the midwife was was talking to us about like you know having skin to skin contact, right, right at birth, and 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 the midwife mentioned as well that it's not only the person giving birth, but the if there's another parent that's there as well to expose that that baby to the other parent. So it's not only the person that gave birth, but the other parent as well. Because, and I was like, why is that necessary? And and they're like, well, they they'll probably take you know skin temperature from you, or they probably will take some breathing. And it's impressive because my breathing pattern is completely different than than Maria's breathing pattern, right? Because we 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 are exposed to different things and we we move differently, etc. So, um, not to say that there's one that's better than the other, but but it's kind of nice to be able to expose. And when you were talking about breathing, about you know, we learn to breathe as well based on people that are around us or how we respond to people that are around us. Um, it made me think of that. So I think it's a good, you know, it's it's important. Of course, if people have the opportunity to do that um, when they give birth. So um, I know we have, you know, every guest that I have, I I can spend like, I don't know, days. I just love hearing people tell me what they do. There's something that you mentioned at the beginning when we started, when you were talking about, you know, performing and training and also that one of the biggest takeaway was the mindset can you can we circle back a little bit to that you know and talking about what what was what about the mindset what what is your takeaway from the mindset when you were preparing from like for to perform or to train yeah so there's a lot of things i think um uh as you know being on stage reveals everything it's not just that there are eyes on you that your dancing is revealed but that your preparations for being a person on stage, it it uncovers everything that's going on with you. So some people just go on stage and they have no problem and other people struggle with their own individual things. And for me, there were a lot of things that I didn't realize until I um, struggled with stage fright Mm -hmm. um, that I needed to work on. And that was one of the biggest deep dives that I had, not only with um, performing, but also competing. So as you know, you've, you've performed and competed. Performing is its own beast of being prepared to, to execute this very challenging thing in two minutes flat with people <laughs> watching you. And you're, you're, as a lead, you're responsible for, uh, for your follow as well and your mm-hmm. spacing and all the things. Mm-hmm. But then when you're being judged by people, mm-hmm. you're being watched, but you're also being judged. And then the results are publicly announced, right? So all of those things those layers of things and just being in a coachable space. Can you be coachable? Can you take um, inputs from someone who is responsible for their own vision for how they want you to to show up in that space? Uh, so there's all of the layers of why, why do I struggle with stage fright? Um, why is it a challenge for me to work on a team and to be working with other people that maybe our personalities, maybe we don't get along or we mm-hmm. don't see things the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you're competing, um, am I okay with not doing well? Maybe I flub something on stage. Maybe another team is a lot better than I thought our competitors were going to be and we were trounced by them. Mm-hmm. Or the judges, what I had once, one of the judges didn't know I was dancing on two. 
Mm. And so my timing scores were about 40% because she thought I was off time the whole time. Wow. And I lost because this a judge didn't know what time I was dancing on. So there's things wow. that happen. Like our music didn't play in competition. The CD didn't work. Mm. I've had my costume fail me. I've had the um the lead freeze and not know what to do mm -hmm. i've had so many things happen and the world doesn't end my shoe came apart i had that happen <laughs> patrick our coach got the flu and couldn't even dance with me yes i danced yes. with someone i've never danced with before at worlds on competition so, I mean, day wow competition day yeah wow. and did well because i have prepared i've been through it all mm -hmm. <laughs> right mm -hmm. yes so part of it is the the beginner doesn't know how to deal with adversity and then the experienced person knows that um doesn't matter what's thrown at me it's all the same mm. so it's that that experience of and the willingness to work on yourself and work on those demons that come up and why and how to prepare yourself for those situations, preparing yourself for anything that comes up, preparing for you getting in your own way with your mindset. Yes. Um, and working through those and realizing that on the other side of all that pain and struggle and frustration and um, pointing your fingers at yourself, of it's me, it's me, it, I'm the problem, um, that at the end, you're so such a, a different person yeah. um, at the end of all of that work. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's, you know, it, it's a great, it shows, a, again, why I think you're one of the strongest person, because going through all this, you know, on stage, um, putting long hours, it's long hours of training for two minute flat. So yeah. I, I, I usually have friends that asking me, oh, you have a show, can I come and watch? And I'm like, yeah, but you need to be on time. And it's gonna yeah. be like this and it's done. And yeah, they're like, what do, done. You, what do you mean? I'm like, yeah, I train, we train, you know, hours, late nights, you know, over and over, music at 105%, music at 70%, music at 72%, music yes. at 85%, 87.5%. So all, all the speed for two minutes flat, it's not more than two minutes. And then you can have, you know, I, I, I performed um, where there was a lift that I had to do with, with my partner and I and, and we had to be in a fishtail. And what we presented was not a fishtail. It was different than a fishtail. A fish but cake. A fish cake pretty much, right? So, but to, to, to go back in that and, and you are a, a salsa champion. So when you, when you came back um, um, winning um, your championship in, is, was it in hustle and salsa as well? Right? Yeah, 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 and uh, and knowing that you are you have a PhD, so you are a doctor, um, and you're a doctor or champion, but you're very very passionate with languages as well. And I speak French, so I called you yeah. Doctor Doctor Champignon or Doctor <laughs> Mushroom, and, yeah. I, and it was just so funny. Um, yeah, and and I and I and I appreciate the fact that you let me give you that that nickname without yeah, telling course. me that hey buddy that's offensive, but no, um, <laughs> but that's that. Um, you know, we are, we, we are close to wrapping up. Uh, um, I, I want, um, I value your time and I, and I know there's other things that you have to do for the day. And, and really, I appreciate the fact that you, you spent, you know, um, those last few minutes with us, um, sharing with us. I always close the interview with, um, asking the guest about to teach and one reach. Um, the teach is something that, you know, 
excited you or inspired you over the last few weeks or months and and the reach is a big no 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 so um, um would you mind sharing two teacher and one reach with the with the audience please Sure. So I do like learning languages. And one thing that I learned from Chinese is that there's a proverb and I don't know it in Chinese. I'm not that good, but um, is essentially if there are three people walking, one of them can be my teacher. So we can realize that. So if I through three people, I'm one person, there's two other people, one of them can be my teacher. So we realize that we can learn from everybody, that everybody has an experience or an experience with something that you're doing where you can learn from them. And so it's not that um, once you've become an expert at something that you are the teacher, but that every time that you're with somebody else, it's an opportunity to learn from them. And so that's, again, that, that humbling piece of I'm not knowing everything, that there's always something that somebody else can teach me about what we're doing together or, or about myself or about the world. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, look at my notes here. <laughs> oh, yes. The, the other one, the other one is, and I grew up around a bunch of educators that were really passionate about, oh, if you, you take an interest in something, let me load up a whole bunch of information on you all at once. Uh -huh. And um, I found this was, my dad was like this, that we'd go out into the forest and my dad would be like, oh, you're looking at a broadleaf maple. Do you know why there's three pennate? And you're just like, okay, dad, just like let me enjoy things mm. and so that that is my that's my other teach is when somebody is discovering something for the first time let them enjoy it don't suddenly start giving them all of the facts and all of the things because and you know this because you have kids when when you you're a beginner or you're a kid and you encounter something for the first time it's exciting Uh -huh. You know, kids, everything that they discover at a certain age is, is the first time seeing it. Wow, a cat. <gasps> oh, a cat. Or bacon. Bacon, 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 bacon. Right? And it's just like, let people enjoy it. Maybe they want to discover the details about it in their own way instead of you being like, well, this is the reason why a cat does this. And this is uh -huh. bacon tastes like that because of this chemical composite and you're just like you're ruining it for me so and i see that with for beginners just let them enjoy the process of discovering and as dan dance teachers we're always just give them the one thing that's going to give them the success everything else will fall into place yes. instead of here's all the little details of no just lift your hand relax rotate uh -huh. it figures itself out uh -huh. so just let people enjoy the process of figuring it out on their own And then Great. for my reach is more of a body worker type of, of yeah. thing is yeah. where our, our, our Western society is taught that um, if something's wrong in your body, an expert should fix it. Only an expert knows how to make you better. Um, and that's not to say that I don't um, think that doctors and practitioners are really, really valuable, important. Science is very, very important in healing. But I find that we often have a cop-out that says, well, if my knee hurts, then someone needs to fix it. It's not my responsibility. Uh, It's not my job to get better. Uh -huh. But in fact, you're the one owning the knee. Right? <laughs> you got yourself into the predicament. <laughs> you got yourself into this problem. So it's, it's your job to get you out of it. So yeah. a lot of people come in to, I work in a clinic, a lot of people come in, they're like, I want to, I lie, you fix, 
right? Mm -hmm. I lie down, you fix the thing, I walk out. But you keep coming back every two weeks because it's not fixed. Yes, yes, <laughs> right? yes. The same problem walked out that walked in, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so we need to take a bit more responsibility for things in our lives, that it's not about other people. Like we talked about beforehand, uh, let someone else do my taxes. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's fine. But you're responsible to bring all of the paperwork, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> to yes. pay them and then to be, you know, so... It's the same thing with our bodies that we think that, oh, somebody else should be fixing me, that it's not me, that this is very convenient that I should pay someone or our, our government should pay someone else to fix me. Yeah. When in fact, um, you own that knee. That's right. So maybe you should take some ownership in the process of getting better That's and right. not having this happen again. Yes. Right. So yeah. so what I hope is that we can change the narrative on healing that um that there are experts like you know myself and other very smart people that know how to help you get better. Maybe you need a doctor to help you with these things. That's great testing and things figured out with science, but also that you own that part. Yes. <laughs> so yes. take some ownership, and it's okay to take ownership of that. You know, don't don't feel like the victim in that situation. That mm -hmm. we should have some agency in our own bodies and figuring them out wow that's beautiful those are those are great <laughs> great teaching reaches uh, um, um thank you very much for sharing that now before before we close um you work at you have your own business flow movement therapy can you give people um that are interested in in what you do um, that would like to to find you that would like to to read a little bit more about what you do um, can you give them you know places where they can find you uh, um, and get in touch with you sure so if you like to read things to learn about about how I work then you can go to my website flowmovement.ca if you prefer to have videos and try things out you can go to my YouTube channel which is also flow movement therapy um, I have a little bit on my Instagram but um, I prefer to have more long form types of things um, so, so that people can start understanding my work. So YouTube is a better place to, to start understanding those processes and my thought processes, mm -hmm. trying out my exercises. I have, a, uh, if you like trying out systems on your own or getting a taste of all the different things and getting a bit of a sampler, then I have some free content you can find through my website. I have some free courses that you can take as well. So it just depends on how best you like to understand um, my work. Um, I've been on a bunch of podcasts. You can find that on the bottom of my, my resources page on my website as well. So you can get, if you like to listen to figure out what's going on, then you can also listen. So lots of different ways of, of learning about my work. Um, and I'm happy to I give out free 30-minute sessions or gait analysis. You can book those through my website as well, and we can chat more about what's going on in your body. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you very much, Holly for this beautiful conversation, uh, um, for teaching us about bodies, about about breathing, about mindset, performing. We haven't touched on, you know, PhD in conservation biology, but I, I do feel there was like some some little observation of, of you know, your scientific eye going into what you do as well. So that was that was beautiful. And and I always say that, um, but you're most welcome to come back on the platform 
on that podcast whenever you want if there's something that you you know that kind of like pops in in your mind and you're like i would like to share that with an audience i'm i, I gladly gladly the door is always open so thank you very much for sharing your time uh, um thank you very much for you know enlightening us with and, and making me laugh laugh in that morning so thank you very much i really appreciate your time thank you for thank creating you. the platform for it oh, thank you very much i appreciate it thank you for listening to the teach reach podcast this podcast is produced by dr lemstein productions mixing and editing by Ian Lam. If you are enjoying this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, or give us a review on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at teachreach underscore podcast. For our regular listeners, we truly appreciate your support. Thank you. You can find more information about our podcast at teachreach.podbean.com. Until next time. Kembe la palagi. Hang in there. Don't give up.